Hey guys, welcome back to Shades of Brilliance. I'm your host, Sierra Venable. This episode is all about Barbie. So settle in because I have some really interesting highlights and anecdotes. I'm fresh off the theater as I film this, and I think this deserves an entire place on my podcast because a lot of what I'm trying to do with Shades of Brilliance is connect creatives and just everyone to the art form that it is to captivate yourself in personal growth and popular culture and empowering people towards living authenticity. I just came from the Barbie film and I've never seen something so transcendent in a long time. Film has not moved me like that in a long time. Um, it's an incredible, incredible film. You will cry. You will. And it just gives everyone a space to be emotional. It gives everybody a space to just be. So that's the highlight of today. If you're new here, if you don't know me, I'm Sierra. I have a degree in visual communication. So not only do I study media and popular culture, I analyze it, I dissect it, and I'm constantly critical of it. And Barbie is an international global brand. I mean, Barbie is so transcendent that I think Greta Gerwig, in her own words, even said, it's almost like Barbie was gifted to us on high. Like, it, it came, she came straight from God, is how big the brand is. It, it, it lost its connection to reality. It lost its connection to girlhood which sounds so ironic, right? Because so many of us grew up with Barbie, especially as little girls. She was imaginative. You could do whatever you wanted with her. She was your buddy. You Maybe you saw yourself as her. But along the way, girlhood turns into teen girlhood, turns into womanhood, where you have to betray all of that identity. And it makes me wonder, the film makes me wonder, where do we connect with our girlhood in womanhood? You know, a lot of people on TikTok, and I see this in a lot of social forums now, there's this great big question mark of what happens, what, what age now are girls transitioning from girl to woman? Because, you know, there used to be an entire market for teen. And it seems like that's completely gone, preteen. I mean, who, who, hey, who went to justice? Who was at justice? Like, that was my jam. Those itchy shirts with sequins and glitter, and they were like 40 bucks a pop. Like, that was preteen girlhood. But now we go straight from girl to woman. And I don't know who's to blame, if it's social media, if it's patriarchy, if it's feminism, if it's all of the above. But Barbie just connected so many, this film connected so many people back to their girlhood. And there will be some spoilers in this episode. The first one starting now. So if you haven't seen it, scrub through a little bit. But on this journey to the real world, Barbie tries to find her girl, right? The girl, the little girl is having these existential thoughts that's ruining Barbie land. So Barbie has to go to the real world to find this little girl to see what's going on with her so that she can fix Barbie land. And when Barbie approaches the family, 
she realizes that the mom was playing with the Barbie. It wasn't the little girl, it was the mom. And that sets the stage for the entire movie and this incredible relationship that is played out between mother and daughter. It's such a beautiful piece on girlhood, motherhood, womanhood. How related are they? Some women don't want to be mothers, but they're still Barbies in Barbie land. Barbies are real. Greta Gerwig brings Barbie alive. It's an incredible film. And what's so interesting about this too, I think in the trickle down of how this film will impact fashion, how this film will impact so many commercial entities is it's bringing hyper pink back. You know, all of the trend forecasters for months now have been saying hyper pink is over, hyper pink is over. You know, they're urging brands to shift into a light pink. Again, shades of brilliance. I'm all about color. That's a big part of this brand is creativity and its relationship to color, the psychology of color. And pink is a color, is a shade that has been connected to femininity and girlhood for centuries. Actually, I shouldn't say centuries because I think at one point pink was related to boys. And then at some point in the turn of the century, it flipped into girlhood. It represented girls and femininity. And so now we can't see pink as anything but that. Pink is associated to breast cancer, breast cancer awareness. It's so uniquely girl. It'll be interesting to see how the shades are merchandised this year because, I mean, I'm sorry, but pink, the hyper pink of Barbie was so last year. (laughs) I have to agree with with the forecasters, but I don't think anyone cares. I've already seen Barbies sported across tons of merchandise. It reminds me of the Coca-Cola era when everybody was wearing a Coca-Cola shirt. Like when people are willing to rep your brand for free, when they are buying advertisement, that's how you know you're back. Barbie's back. So the rest of this podcast will go into some of my disorganized cluttered thoughts about this brand and this movie and this film. And I hope you enjoy. I hope this is something that you're interested in because the world of creative is always multidisciplinary. That's something I'm realizing as I build my career is all of this is multidisciplinary. There's no way Greta Gerwig is just a director. No, no, no. She understands the psychology of color. She understands set design. She has an incredible historical eye. All of us as artists are multidisciplinary. And that's another thing that I'm trying to break out of from speaking of patriarchal norms. Why does everything have to be labeled? Like we are all multidisciplinary artists. There's no way you can be good at one thing, but it doesn't influence a host of other things as an artist. If you would have asked me, I mean, look, I'm fresh from the theater as I record this. So the inspiration is insane. Incredible film. Incredible, incredible, incredible film. And if you would have asked me before today what I thought about Barbie, it probably would not have been really really good things. I think post-theater, I'm leaving with this feeling that Barbie was used as a tool to weaponize women into this standard, into this perfect way of being. And the way Greta Gerwig explains Barbie 
brings us back to the original intention of Barbie, which is a gift from a mother to a daughter to ignite dreams, to help her daughter see something different, see something, be something that was not seen at that time. And to bring it back to humanity. I don't know how she did it. Intense themes. When I think about Barbie, I think about hot pink. I was a generation that probably was in the misconstrued sense of Barbie. You know, the Barbie dream house, the Barbie car. I never took time to realize that it, it was Barbie's house. It was Barbie's car. It wasn't Ken's. I mean, I just, there's so many reasons I'm inspired by this. And for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, please, please, please take everybody, you know, truly men, men would benefit so much from the movie because when we talk about these intense, you know, female dynamics, we always forget that patriarchy is so involved. And the sad part is, is men went in on it. And that's what I really got from the film too. The, the dynamic between Barbie and Ken was really interesting. And even though the movie clowned on him the entire time, I loved it because towards the end, he really just wanted a safe space to be himself. He didn't know who he was. He was sick of patriarchy. He created patriarchy to realize that he didn't want it. It's it's really a beautiful story. And I loved at the end that Barbie didn't have to get married to him. You know, she rested her case and not in love with him and goes to the real world. So, I mean, bringing the, the character, the doll, this figure used to weaponize women into a box And Greta Gerwig took Barbie out of the box, dusted her off, and reminded everybody of who they were. We already are her. Barbie already was real. All she had to do was be it. I mean, it's just an incredible film. Incredible. And I think it's an empowering, empowering message that will completely transform Mattel, that will completely transform Barbie. Because... Something I found so interesting, and I think there was a Barbie documentary that came out recently before the film was even produced. And this film, I watched peaks of it on Hulu, I think. And they were really trying to rebrand Barbie. And for any other creatives out there, art directors, creative directors, you know that that kind of work is so deep. I call brand directors, creative directors, therapists. Because they are, they're really therapists. So much of what I've realized in my own creative career is that creative direction in corporate America are really just personas of what popular culture needs or wants at a given time. So creative directors are sent in to generate authenticity I think that's the real purpose and the real meaning and the value of the work anyway, because it can be used to generate narratives and do all kinds of negative things as well. But in a lot of ways, I think we are the therapists. (laughs) We go into these companies, we, we transform them. We, and we, we, the daily work is to get the executives to see something a different way. That that's what it is. That's what being creative is, is to create, to generate new, to generate something that has not been done before, to create, to, to generate new. Like, I don't even know how else to say that. Yeah. Things that don't exist. 
I don't know. I just have not seen a film. I have not seen a film in a long time that integrated so much history and so much present and future in the most mindful ways. Every aspect, every scene was mindful and intentional. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, Barbie has this intense history um, that we all can use to draw on. And that's what I find really interesting, especially going back to my original point. I'm going on a tangent. These are raw, unfiltered thoughts, by the way. I mean, I am fresh from the theater. The brand Barbie, I'm watching this documentary and these women are, because now it's a team of women. I think Mattel realized, you know, we need to get the men... (laughs) They're not helping Barbie. I don't know the dynamics of Mattel, but I know for the Barbie team, it's a group of women. They have people of color. Mattel did a huge hiring rehire. I mean, I was when I was living in LA, I was considering applying to a lot of the Barbie jobs because they, it was such a good opportunity to go into this historical brand and create something new. But it was really far away from where I lived. So I never even applied. And now I wish I had of, I mean, to be a part of something like that would have been insane. And the marketing, can we talk about the marketing for a second? The marketing, that is how you do campaign. I want every company to see that when your marketing team is having fun, I mean, look, the budget was big. Okay. But they were having fun. Everything was a Barbie collab. You couldn't get away from it. Because everything could be a Barbie collab. And I actually recently heard of something, a spiritual kind of proverb, if you will, about art and the creation of ideas. And it's this idea that nothing really belongs to us. None of our ideas belong to us. When you have a creative idea, you have to act on it. You have an obligation. Because what happens is the idea, if it's not born with you, it will be born by somebody else. And so a lot of times as artists, we look and we go, I thought of that. If I had only done that, if I only, I, I was thinking that that's my idea. He copied me, but you didn't birth the idea. So it arrived when it was supposed to. I've been thinking a lot about that, even just recording this bit of the podcast. Like, why would I wait until I record and think of a whole new episode idea? Like this is my this this is the inspiration. This this is now. The time is now to talk about it. The time is now to express it. Ugh, the themes of motherhood, the themes of girlhood, womanhood, how they correlate, how they are all connected. Think about how in patriarchal systems we're just taught that like uh girls, then you become a teen, then you become a mother, then you become it's all connected. In that quote from Ruth Handler, we stand still so our daughters can look back. I don't know how she integrated so many intense themes and tied them all off in a bow. It's wild. The gender roles. It's truly a transcendent movie and it will be studied. It will be completely analyzed by film programs. My mom was sitting next to me and she was like, this is going to be Broadway. Like this will be adapted into a Broadway show. And I was like, you're absolutely right. So look out for that. Incredible. And it really, I think, speaks to now. Like I said, I haven't been to a movie that I really think speaks to now. Those kinds of movies, you leave feeling so inspired. You leave feeling like a different person. You leave feeling like you connected to yourself. I haven't seen a movie like that in forever. This was that. And I'm telling you, 
I'm shocked that it's coming from Barbie. If you would have asked me, I'm going to say it again. If you would have asked me four days ago, before I had even gone into the theater, what I thought the Barbie movie was going to be like, I would have told you, oh, I don't know. And then at one point when the trailer came out, I was like, oh, there's a plot. And it's sad because the whole internet was saying that. Oh, there's a plot. Oh, interesting. This might actually be good. Because we were so desensitized to what the caricature of Barbie became. It makes me want to talk to Ruth Handler. Like, I want to talk to her. I think she's dead, but I want to talk to her. Like, what was your intentions? How did they throw you off? At one point, she went through tax fraud because of Mattel and the business of the Barbie and the baby. and the. It was this whole thing. And because it, it was a woman's thing, it was a woman's invention, I'm sure she just got screwed over left and right. But I want to talk to her. What was your original idea? Because I really do think Barbie as a brand spiraled into materialism. I mean, the Billie Eilish song that perfectly accompanies the film, by the way, makes you ball at the end of the movie. At one point, one of the lines, she says, um, "Something, I'm just something you paid for. And that's really what Barbie became, was just something that you bought. The dream house, the car, it was never enough. As an American girl doll haver, I didn't even have Barbies. And I regret it now. I would have never told you that 10 years ago. I would have been like, oh, whatever, Barbie. Because, you know, she was thin. She was not anything close to the black beauty standard. So what, what, I had no business in being obsessed, right? Like I played with Barbie. I was inspired by Barbie. I remember going over to friends' houses and really loving to play with Barbie. But she had no place in my home because she had nothing to do with me. And now I feel like we all are her. Like I've, I never, I'm so sorry. This is so transcendent for me. Really, like I said, I had American Girl dolls, and now I'm like pissed because was I groomed into motherhood with an American Girl? Oh my God! I mean, Barbie just came back. What are they going to do? I had like Cabbage Patch babies. Like I'm pissed. I should have had the Dream House. You know, little feminist me would have loved that. Oh my God, it's such a good. Um, think piece also on just the relationship between what's real and the iconography of brand. That's another thing that I think this film does really well is it has a great relationship to really two really large themes and a lot of history and a lot of research. I would have died to be on the set design team when I lived in LA, we went to a prop house one time. For anybody who doesn't know, the movie industry in LA is so big that they have to have like prop houses for everything. So it's it's the coolest thing ever. You go into these big warehouses and it's just an endless supply of things that you could have on the set from furniture to chairs to fireplace, fake fireplaces to rugs to lighting to plates to cups to silverware to, oh my God, they have a whole section for religious things. So pews literally pews and um, candles and all of these lockers and these big studios go in there. The teams go in, they, pu- they pull their items, they section them off with tape. And then the, the, the set hands go and pick up everything, put it in this big truck and take it back to the studio. It's a really cool thing to be a part of. And another great reason why they're striking because of the amount of work that goes into those films. 
I mean, it would blow your mind, the amount of tediousness. And those trucks are in and out, bringing props back every single day. They're, somebody's total job on a set is to make sure that the props get back undamaged. Like not only are there designers, but I mean, it's, it's such a good production. It's such a huge production. And so what's so interesting about even the film and the relationship to mega brand and real people is the fact that we're experiencing that in real time, in real life, actors, set workers, people in the film industry striking to make livable wages. I mean, it is so extremely ironic. The timing is insane. And anyways, I think that's all my thoughts. I'm just going to cut them cold turkey. <laughs> Watch the movie if you haven't seen it. It's such a good think piece, especially for creatives. I've left so inspired. And the whole piece on motherhood. What's funny is that before we went into the film, my mom and I, we had this whole conversation about motherhood. And I said, you know, I don't think I want to be a mother. I said, I don't know if I want to be a mother or not. I go back and forth all the time. And my mom said, that's something you can't plan for. She said, I wish I could tell you that if you had enough money and did all the things a right way, that your kids would be a certain thing and it'd all be great. But she said, you can't. That's the beauty and the hardest part about motherhood is that you just have to be. I mean, ugh. And the film just capped that off. I mean, now I'm like, okay, I want to be a mother. And I want to be a mother to girls specifically. But you know what? Ken needs love too. Ken needs a place to cry. We're shifting into a matriarchy. Like that's really what I got from the movie. <laughs> We're shifting into a matriarchy. Ah, oh, what a beautiful day to be alive. Another interesting thing I thought about that piece, the matriarchy versus the patriarchy, is the men were sick of the patriarchy. The Kens, the Ken dolls were sick of the patriarchy. And I've often thought about that if men were tired of the facade of patriarchy. And I believe they are. If you're looking to see a film that completely encapsulates feelings and emotion and motherhood and girlhood and womanhood, femininity, um, strength, values, history, then Barbie. And also, I forgot to mention that it's funny. The movie is actually hilarious. She, she meaning Greta, the director, balances diversity very well. You know, I'm still kind of annoyed that Hollywood is into that whole little, we'll just pop one black woman in there and then it'll be diverse. You know, I, I, ha I have a bone to pick with that. But for the most part, I felt that she wove a lot of ideas and a lot of different types of feminism into the film as well. Um, the movie ends in the theater and the credits roll and all you hear is, you know, the Nicki Minaj. It's just so good. Like it connects so many ideas. Um, so that is my complete analysis of the Barbie film. I am now a Barbie lover. I think I always have been, but we all had that bone to pick with the thinness and the lack of representation of the body. And then it got lost in the materialism. So this is a great example of kind of how I analyze culture. For some of you, this is going to be extremely intriguing. And for some of you, this is going to be completely irrelevant. Um, it's kind of what floats your boat. This is a big part of the podcast Shades of Brilliance is deepening our understanding of culture. To me, that's where my brilliance comes from. 
That's where my gift directly comes from. That's how I realized I was brilliant. And so a lot of this podcast will delve into it and kind of balance not only my personal growth, you know, my takes on different industries. Like today we're talking about film and brand. Some days we'll talk about the music industry. Some days it'll be fashion. So I'm really excited. This is only the beginning. And I really wanted a place to channel these just passionate thoughts about this film and about this brand and about what Barbie is going to mean. Mark my words, Barbie will have a complete 360 in sales. Mattel has been struggling with that. I think I touched on that throughout this episode and then kind of lost track of what I was going to say about that. But to wrap up my points, branding is incredibly powerful and it has a very interesting relationship with consumerism and with the way consumers think and they feel. Consumerism is all about feeling. And this Barbie movie delivered the feelings. It reconnected us as consumers to the feeling of Barbie and what it means to be imaginative and to play as women or as feminine beings. Because the film touches excellently on gender. Ken has feminine aspects. Barbie has masculine aspects. It's incredible. It is so incredible. So that's all for today's episode. Remember, I drop episodes every Friday. So I'll see you next Friday. Bye.